The rest of you can turn, open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. That's where we're going to look at this parable today. And let me put this whole message in context as we're in the middle of a series entitled, From the Mouth of God. Remember, Jesus told the devil at, uh, when the devil was tempting him after 40 days of fasting. The devil said, I, you're so hungry, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word. And we've been talking about the importance of knowing and hearing and reading every word of God. I've challenged us this year to read the Bible through this year. And uh, we're going to build on that this afternoon with our walk through the Bible. You're going to get a bird's eye view of the Old Testament. We uh, have talked about why we need the word of God. Uh, We need the Word of God to grow, to mature as believers. We need the Word of God to go, that is, direction, wisdom, counsel in our lives. But we also need the Word of God to resist our foe. And last week we saw in the parable that Jesus told, the parable of the sower, that one of our foes is the devil. And of course, he's our greatest foe, he's the adversary. But uh, today we're going to look at another one of our foes and how it has an ability, the devil... And this foe we're going to talk about today has the ability to rob us of the Word of God. Did you know that uh, our county government has an office that tests soil? Our county agent used to be in this church. Uh, He's since moved off to another county, but y'all remember Andrew and Catherine and little baby Jonathan, but God's moved them away, but Andrew was our county agent. And uh, you, can send your, you can dig up some soil in your yard if you want to know what type of soil you have, and you can send it to the a- uh, office of the county agent, and they will test that soil for you. They will put it under a microscope, and with a, within a few short days or a week or so, they'll send you a report of how good your soil is, what kind of soil you have, what it's good for. You'll need to, they'll give you an uh, uh, estimation of what you need to add to your soil to make your grass grow, or your trees grow, or whatever it is you're trying to produce in that ground. So that's something I want us to do here today. I want us to test our soil, the soil of our heart. What kind of soil is in your heart? What kind of heart do you have for receiving the Word of God? Now, last week we looked at that soil that was that just hard, packed. Like, you know when you walk through the woods over and over again, you begin to wear down a trail You can even mark animal trails that have been worn down and the the path is hard. And if seeds were to fall on that type of soil, then it would not take root. And birds come, Jesus said, and snatch that seed away. And Jesus compared the birds to the devil, that that's what happens to a heart that's hard. And uh, the devil comes and just snatches it away. So we know that Satan is our enemy when it comes to hearing and receiving the word of God. But did you know that another enemy we have is our own shallow selves. Our own shallow selves. Look at chapter 13 of Matthew in verse 5 and verse 6. Jesus said, Some seed fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, And because they had no root, they withered away. Now look at the explanation he gives in verse 20 and 21. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. 
Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Shallow selves. I say shallow selves because it's no one's fault but our own if we're shallow. You can't blame your Sunday school teacher. You can't blame your pastor. You can't blame anyone else but yourself. If you have a shallow heart, then that's your responsibility. We're responsible. Do you know you're responsible for the condition of your heart? No one else is. Your heart is your own. And no one else is responsible for what's in there but you. That's why the Scripture tells us to guard our hearts above all else. Because out of our hearts proceed the issues of life. So look what, let's look at the language here. Jesus said in verse 5 that this seed that falls on stony places, it does spring up. Unlike the seed that fell on the, the hard path, the bird snatched it away. At least this seed springs up. Now, in the explanation in verse 20, Jesus said, compared springing up to those who receive it immediately with joy. Those who get excited about it. Now, I believe all of us can probably identify a time in our lives where that happened to us. Maybe multiple times where we heard the Word of God. Like maybe we were at youth camp. Anybody ever been to youth camp? Or maybe you were at some church conference or Bible conference or revival. And God just really spoke to you. And you received it with joy. You were excited. You were pumped up. You were ready to take on hell with a water pistol. You were that excited. And I believe all of us have had the experience that a couple of weeks later, you lost it. How many of me, how many of you say that's been true of you? My hand is up multiple times. Got all excited. Got pumped up, received it with joy, sprang up. And could have conquered the world. But two weeks later, you forget all about it. You had an emotional high. You had an experience. But you had no depth. You had no root. That's the language here Jesus said. They had no depth. They had no root. What happens to a tree that grows tall but has no depth of root? The first wind that comes, it's falling over, right? It may be high and tall and appealing and attractive, but it's shallow. Looks good on the outside, but not much spiritually going on underneath. A mile high, but an inch deep. That's the way some Christians are. A mile high. They can jump high on Sunday mornings. They can get all excited on Sundays. They can have this great religious experience off at camp or church conference. But there's no depth. There's no root. And during the week and throughout the rest of their lives, they're just blown away by everything that comes along. That's why we've been learning Psalm 1, 1 through 3. So before Bobby puts it on the screen, let's start. What's the first word? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, 
nor stands in the way of sinners. But his, I got it backwards, didn't I? See why you need to be rehearsing this? Let's start over. Brother Lee messed it up. It's walk, stand, sit. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now, we haven't gotten to the rest of that passage yet, but Bob, if you'll put up the next verse, we'll see what verse 3 says. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Now, we're going to work on that verse. That's got a lot of phrases in it over the next few weeks, but notice the truth of that verse. He's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, a tree planted by the rivers of water, what's going to be true of that tree? That tree is going to put down roots looking for that water, right? It's going to go down deep like Jeremiah said in verse 7 and 8. God told Jeremiah, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes what would be heat in relationship to the parable of the sower jesus said when persecution and troubles come when the heat gets turned up when your roots are deep then you're not blown away but see those who are shallow those who may be a mile high and they're easily excited by something like a, a revival or a walk through the Bible event or a church conference. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all you live on is one high to the next, you are shallow and you're going to be blown away very easily by the troubles and trials and difficulties of this life. Jesus used the language in Matthew 13, scorched. He said they're scorched. When the sun comes out and the heat is turned up, they're scorched. And because they have no root, they're withered away. You know, trouble and persecution cause people to fall away. In fact, I've said it, and I believe it, and I'm not the only one that has said it, but when persecution hits America, like it's hitting other countries now, the church is going to start to empty. I'm so glad you're here. But if being a Christian were illegal, some of you wouldn't be here. When the heat gets turned up, persecution has a way of, of uh, weeding out the shallow and the insincere. When persecution hits our country, and it's coming, it's going to weed out the shallow. How do I know that? You know how I know that? How do you know that? Jesus said it. <laughs> That's the only way I know it. Jesus said it. I hope you won't be one of those. That's why we preach the word week after week after week. We want uh, to get deeper. We want to put roots deeper into God and our relationship with Him. Did you know the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3.12 that everybody that wants to follow Jesus will suffer persecution? If you're truly sincere about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, you can expect persecution. Jesus didn't hide that from us. 
He says it's coming. Hardships, difficulties, trials, persecution. Because you're mine and just because you live in this world, hardships are coming. And Jesus used the language. He said, but some, because of their shallow, they wither away or they stumble. That word stumble in verse uh, 21 is the word that we get our word scandal from. It means to be offended or to take offense. Uh, and, and many do. When they, when they hear the word of God, they may receive it with joy, but then when something comes up over here that causes trials and troubles in their life, they become offended, maybe even at God or his word, and they begin to question God and his word. God, how could you, how could you let this happen to me? Because here's what your word said, and you become offended, and you stumble and you fall away. Remember Psalm 1-3 that we're looking at now. He says, His leaf also shall not wither. That's the one who's not shallow, who's put their roots down into God's Word. So my encouragement and God's challenge for us today and every day is to put our roots deeper. Don't just live from one mountaintop to the next. You're going to go through, as Brian just sang about, you're going to go through some valleys. So I want to share with you what time I have left. How can you develop deeper roots? How can you develop deeper roots? Number one, seek the spiritual over the emotional. Seek the spiritual over the emotional. You know, your emotions are the shallowest part of you and the most easily manipulated. I shared that with you a few weeks ago. But the Bible tells us about Herod. In Luke 23 and verse 8 and 11, we find Herod wanted to meet Jesus. That sounds good, doesn't it? I want to meet Jesus. Don't you think that if somebody said, I want to meet Jesus, that you would be encouraged by that? Sounds good, doesn't it? Y'all know the story of Herod, though, so you know that that wasn't a good thing, right? Herod wanted to meet Jesus. Why did Herod want to meet Jesus? He wanted to see some supernatural miracle. That's what the scripture says in Luke 23, 8. He wanted to see some spectacular thing happen. But verse 11 says that he treated him with contempt and he mocked him. And Herod's the one that put that kingly robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. See, he was after the emotional. Acts chapter 8 tells us about a man by the name of Simon. Simon was a sorcerer, a I guess you could call him a warlock or a male witch. But he got saved. He responded to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says he believed and was baptized. But then he began to see Peter and John doing some amazing things. Peter and John could lay hands on people and people would receive the Holy Spirit. And he said to Peter and John, Hey, give me this power. How much, do I, how much can I pay you to have that power so that I can lay hands on people? And they start doing these things that they're doing full of the spirit and Peter rebuked Simon and listen to what Peter said to him Peter said to him your money perish with you because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money you have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God repent therefore of this your wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you for I see that you're poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. You see, I think that's true of many hearts who are just living for some spiritual high. 
They want to live down in the dregs of, of sin and iniquity in their daily lives, but every now and then they just want a boost in the arm to pick them up and make them feel good about themselves. Their heart's poisoned by iniquity, and it's not right with God. You see, they're seeking the emotional over the spiritual. So if you want to go deeper with God, you've got to be willing to go down in the valley. You've got to be willing to walk with God in the nitty-gritty. When you come down off of that spiritual high, off of that mountain, that you maintain your walk with God and your walk in His Word, and know it's not going to feel like Monday what it felt like today. When you leave here this evening, you're going to be in an emotional high. You're going to be on a spiritual high because you've learned some things from God. But tomorrow morning, the devil's going to come knocking, and you're going to feel like a piece of dirt, some of you. I know because that happens to me almost every Monday. And I know it happens to you. But I cannot let my emotions and my feelings dictate my walk with God. I've got to keep walking with Him, keep doing the things that I know I ought to be doing, reading the Bible, praying, seeking my relationship and friendship with God. Seek the spiritual over the emotional. Number two, how to develop deeper roots. Desire the eternal over the immediate. Desire the eternal over the immediate. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, you know this verse very well. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, you've got to be willing to give up the immediate for the eternal. You've got to be willing to sell out to me here, give up this temporary and live for the eternal. And Jesus said, there's a reward for that. In Luke 18, and in verse 29 and 30, Jesus says, I say to you, surely no, there's no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. Jesus is saying, I'll make it worth your while. If you'll live for the eternal. We want instant gratification. We want it now. In fact, we want it yesterday. And we live for the immediate. And we lose sight of the eternal. And that's why Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 8, he said, We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Friends, if you want to put roots deeper down in your walk with the Lord and in the Word of God, you've got to get your eyes off of just what you can see and thinking that's all that life is about. Life is so much more than what you can see, hear, feel, and touch. There is a spiritual world, a spiritual realm. God is spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him how? in spirit and in truth. It's not just about the things we can see and hear and feel emotionally or physically or materially. There's a spiritual side that God gave us a spirit. We relate to Him spiritually, and that's an eternal thing. And it takes time, and it does take effort to relate to God on that level. We have to learn how to walk with God in the spirit. We need to learn how to pray in the spirit. We need to learn how to tune into the spirit of God. Speaking to our hearts. we got to give Him time. 
you've got to turn off some things to hear from God. And, and some people can't put their cell phones down long enough to hear from God. They can't get off the internet long enough to hear from God. They can't turn the TV off long enough to hear from God. You have plenty of time. It's what you do with your time. Because you're focused on that which you can see. Sometimes you just need to close your eyes and get flat on your face and turn everything off and it's just you. And say, okay, God, speak to me. I want to hear from you. Number three, if you want to develop deeper roots, you need to focus on the inward over the outward. I'm not saying you should neglect the outward. I think the outward's important. In fact, Jesus said that here in Matthew chapter 23, verses 25 through 28, as he was denouncing the Pharisees. He said, Woe um, to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of extortion and self-indulgence. Self-indulgence. That is, what's self-indulgence? It's giving yourself everything you want. It's everything you're tempted to do, you do it. Everything you're hungry for, you eat it. <laughs> That's my problem. Self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside may be clean also. See, Jesus is not saying don't worry about the outside. He said concentrate on the inside. If the inside is clean, the outside will take care of itself. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs. That is a painted grave. Well, we spend a lot of money on tombstones, don't we? Which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside, what are they full of? Dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So I'm asking you this morning, what is the condition of your heart right now? See, we're in our Sunday best today. Well, you know, you're on your best behavior today. You want everybody here to think that uh, you got it all together. We got our nice clothes on. We sing our nice songs to God. I wonder how many of us actually sing songs to God during the week. We are opening the Bible, re reading it together, we're learning the Bible together on Sundays. Are we actually doing those things during the week? So we, we, we're, we're presenting something here this morning outwardly. We're all doing this outwardly. But let me ask you, what's going on in your heart right now and yet last night and tomorrow morning? What's going on right here? See, God doesn't look at the outward. You remember the Bible says that? He told Samuel that. He said, Samuel, I don't look at the outward. What does God look at? He looks at the heart. When David was confessing his sin of adultery with Bathsheba, he prayed, he said, Lord, you, don't de you desire truth in the inward parts. So what's the truth right here this morning in your heart? What's the truth? Are you desiring to be right inside and not just look right outside? We all want to look right outside. We spend lots of money looking right outside, don't we? You know, we men make fun of our women about how long it takes them to put on their makeup and do their hair. But aren't you glad? <laughs> and, but yet men, we work hard to keep our paunch sucked in. I know you men. I know you. You walk in, you got it sucked in. As soon as you get home, you're going to loosen that belt. <laughs> and out it goes. You know why I know that? I do that. Look good. 
We're all concerned about the outward, what people see, what's going on in here. If you want to go deeper, you got to go inward. And lastly, if you want to develop deeper roots, you got to seek the spiritual over the emotional, the eternal over the temporal, the inward over the outward, and you got to receive hard sayings. In John chapter 6, the Bible tells us that Jesus had some very hard things to say. And some of his followers said, this is a hard saying. This is difficult. This is hard. Who can understand it? Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this. He said to them, does this offend you? There's that word again, scandal. And then it says in verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back. That is, they left, they fell away, and they, didn't, they walked with him no more. And then Jesus said to the twelve, the original twelve, do you also want to go away? Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Many couldn't receive the hard sayings of, of Jesus, of Scripture. You know, the word hard means dry or tough. Now, if you, how many of you like ice cream? That goes down easy, doesn't it? You stick it in your mouth and it just melts and then you just swallow. I like ice cream. I like frozen yogurt too. Now Bill Giles, he doesn't like frozen yogurt. But to me it's just like ice cream. It just, it just goes down even smoother. But how about a piece of, of, of meat? Let me just take a, a pork chop that's been a little overcooked. Some people don't like pork. And some people definitely don't like overcooked pork. You ever had an overcooked pork chop? What do you have to do to that overcooked pork chop? You got to gnaw on it. <laughs> and then you got to swallow hard, chase it down with a glass of water. That's kind of the comparison here. You see, Paul said, some of you are like baby Christians. You can only tolerate that which goes down easy, like milk. But some of you are mature in your faith, and, and you can handle something a little bit harder. You've you got to chew on it a little while. Meditate on it. Ruminate on it. For a long time. Until it's ready to digest. But some people can't handle that. Because they're immature. But if you want to go deeper, you got to go to some difficult passages and wrestle with them. Try to understand them. Ask the Holy Spirit for insight. See what others have said about it. you got to go deeper. Now look, you can stay shallow the rest of your life if you want to. But I don't think that's a good way to live. Because you're missing so much of your relationship with God. God has so much more to say to you. 2 Timothy 3.16, you know this passage. He says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Doctrine. The minute some of you hear doctrine, you go... 
doctrine, doctrine, oh, I don't like doctrine. That's because you're shallow. Reproof. That's conviction. Oh, man. Don't preach on sin. Mm. I don't like when a preacher preaches on those hard things. That makes me feel bad. It's because you're shallow. Correction. Oh, I don't like when Word of God points out something I'm doing wrong. I like to avoid, I like the ones that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> those are my favorite verses. I love that verse too. I quoted it this morning, claimed it this morning. But what about 2 Timothy 3, 12? All who wish to follow Jesus will suffer persecution. Oh, don't quote that, preacher. I don't want to hear that. You gotta, if you're gonna go deep, you gotta receive the hard sayings, the doctrine, the reproof, the correction, and allow the Holy Spirit to use those to grow you deeper. Because if you go deeper with God, deeper in His Word, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth His or her what? Fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. The end of this parable is about bearing fruit. When the seed fell on good soil, some produced fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. It's about the fruit you can bear to the glory of God and for the good of others. You know, a tree doesn't use its own fruit. It's meant to be picked by someone else and benefited by someone else. God wants to use you in this world to bless other people with His with His presence, with His power, with His Word. He wants you to bear fruit. And sometimes the fruit is for you. Sometimes it's the fruit of joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. How do you get those things? You don't get them by just osmosis. You get them by going deep with God in His Word. And the Holy Spirit builds these things. He produces these things in your life. And you're a fuller, freer, more meaningful, purpose-filled follower of Jesus Christ. Exactly what He created you to be. He doesn't want you to stay shallow. Your shallowness is your enemy. Resist the easy way. You know what you have to do to be shallow? Nothing. Just come to church and sit in a pew. Say amen every now and then and go home. That's all you got to do. But do you want to go deeper? God's challenging us. Christ is challenging us. Go deeper. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. I'll not only make you a fisher of men, or I'll make you a fruit bearer that becomes a fisher of men. Maybe some of you here this morning. You know, I, I think at all, at all of us at some point in our lives, we, we kind of sometimes can move in and out of that shallow experience with the Lord. And I know that's a lot of times where we start, like a baby. Shallow. But He doesn't want us to stay there. So to, the, the invitation to you as believers of Christ is no matter how deep or how shallow, and by the way, he doesn't call us to evaluate ourselves against ourselves. Don't dare measure yourself against your 
wife or your children or another believer or myself or any don't dare the bible says that's not wise to compare ourselves it's not about how deep you are compared to how deep he is or she is it's how deep are you in relationship with your with your relationship with god and let me say this none of us are deep enough none of us are deep enough so i'm calling us let's let's take that next step what's the next step in your walk with the lord now, some of you haven't even taken the first step. You haven't placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that's what the choir is saying. It was an invitation. Oh, come to the altar. There's forgiveness in the blood of Jesus Christ. All your sins can be forgiven. How do I know that? Because the Bible says so. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins. Verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we're a liar. And we don't do the truth. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So maybe the step you need to take this morning is to Jesus, the living Word of God, and place your faith and trust in Him, asking Him to forgive you and save you. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, what is it the Holy Spirit is speaking